0: Welcome to FoxCast Physical Therapy, a podcast for clinicians made by clinicians. It's brought to you by Fox Rehabilitation. Find out more at foxrehab.org.
1: So my name is Beth Olson. I am a physical therapist and I get the pleasure of treating in Lexington, South Carolina. And I have been with Fox for five
0: years. Uh, you recently wrote an article for us at foxrehab.org. That's really something we we take pride in. It was it was really really it was really part of our plan which is we have all these great clinicians, PTs, OTs, SLPs, EPs who work with older adults. Uh, launched a blog maybe 5 years ago. You can find it at foxrehab.org under Fresh Fox content. And there you have Blog articles, white papers, videos, and of course podcasts as well. You're an author now for us uh, uh, on the, uh, the the website FoxRehab.org with the title "A Clinician's Guide to Parkinson's Pathology and Treatment." Why should someone take a look at this? What are they going to find when they dig into this? Let's 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 start from the big picture.
1: So Parkinson's is a lot more common than people think, and a lot of people they sort of know what it is, but they're not really sure about any of the details. And they're not sure what to do if they themselves get the diagnosis of Parkinson's or they have a family member or a friend that gets diagnosed. So this is really an article just going over the basics of what Parkinson's is and some treatment methods, both from a drug standpoint and then also from a non-drug standpoint, just so people can have a little bit more of a resource for what to do and how to deal with it. Because there's a lot more to Parkinson's than just the medical side of things.
0: Yeah, I think the word you hit on there was resource. I think that's really what what was impressed upon me when I was reading through your article, which is exactly that. When something is big and is life-changing and scary as Parkinson's disease comes, people rush to the Internet. I'm guilt, I'm guilty of that myself. But we want to make sure there's good quality information that guides people through this part of their life and does it well. And that's what your article really, really did well, I think. So let's start off by this. People might come across being staged by Parkinson's disease. So talk just a bit about, that's the one of the first parts in in terms of this disease treatment process, which is staging of Parkinson's disease.
1: When you get the diagnosis of Parkinson's, I'll, often what they'll do is they'll give you a stage. And there's a couple of different methods for staging. The most common version is called the Hone and yar scale. And basically what it does is it puts you on a scale from one, which is pretty mild, all the way up to five, which is really severe. And in each level, it talks about here are some of the side effects that you're going to see. Are you going to have things like tremors or hallucinations? And basically gives people a good guide for what to expect when you're in this particular stage of Parkinson's.
0: People might get a stage, they might think, well, what, what is that? Is we, first of all, is one good? Is one bad? Are, are any of them good or bad? Or is it just an indication of where someone might be, as you mentioned, in that disease process? Let's move to uh, symptoms and behaviors. You mentioned at the top of the show, people are very, very familiar with the term. They, they know Parkinson's disease. They've heard of it, but there might be some mis- or disinformation. So you went through and really laid it out. symptoms and behaviors of Parkinson's disease. Talk a little bit about some of those.
1: One of the first symptoms that a lot of people notice is tremors. And so all of a sudden your hand, it'll just start shaking a little bit and it's not that big of a deal. And then it tends to progress. And so you could see it just in one hand or one finger and then it could be your whole arm. It could be both arms. It could be in your foot or your jaw. So tremors are some of the things that people notice first. Another really early symptom is what's called micrographia, which basically means your handwriting gets really, really small and hard to read. Those two things are kind of innocuous when it comes to symptoms. And so people are like, oh, I just must have you know, muscle something or other, cramps or whatever, or my handwriting's getting really bad, maybe it's just because I'm getting older. But no, they're actually symptoms of Parkinson's. So those are kind of the first and more mild symptoms. As Parkinson's progresses, you can have all kinds of things. You can lose your sense of smell. You can have hallucinations and not just seeing things. You can actually smell things that aren't there. Hallucinations, the tremors can get worse. It can be very difficult for them to feed themselves. They can get really paranoid or very angry. I would be really angry if this were happening to me. So that's just a, a quick list of some of the symptoms and behaviors that can be seen with Parkinson's.
0: Yeah. And again, I want to hit that word that you mentioned earlier, which is resource. Um, If this is something that has come into your life or a loved one's life, you want to know what is possible. Right. And this is not in no way trying to um, trying to to scare anybody, but you would want to know what's possible. You want the right information. That's what I think this resource on the website does and talking about some of the motor and non-motor symptoms. And we have those listed out as well. You did mention at the top of the show pharmacological treatments are options as well different medications talk briefly about that i thought you did a really a good job of talking about what the medications did and what their goals were really at a micro level inside the body
1: so probably the most common drug that you're going to see prescribed for parkinsons is carbidopa levodopa which is actually two drugs in one. And what that does is it stimulates the part of the brain that is affected by Parkinson's disease and is basically telling your body, ah, you got to slow down and causing some of these other issues and it helps it to work more normally. And so people are able to move more normally. Again, one of the other things that happens with Parkinson's is people start moving really slow and small. And when that happens, it's as you can imagine, it's really hard to just kind of get through your usual day. It's hard to get dressed it's hard to make a meal. It's hard to walk. Your balance is affected. And so, the carbidopa levodopa does a great job of helping people move more normally. That's probably the number one drug that most people are aware of when they get uh, or they know about Parkinson's disease. But there are other drugs too. And some of those can actually be uh, things that you would normally see for allergies or depression. And then there are other things that people will get prescribed that aren't necessarily for. Parkinson's, but they're helpful to treat the symptoms of Parkinson's, like yeah. the hallucinations.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of times, myself included, we will go see a healthcare practitioner. We're prescribed medication, and we we were instructed maybe in the moment we were being told what this drug did or why we were taking it, but really ultimately we focus on uh, how many of these do I take, when do I take them, and how often. Uh, but you did a great job of talking about the different medications that could be common in Parkinson's disease treatment in terms of pharmacology but also what they're doing. I think this helps people feel a sense of control. Like I understand what this thing is doing. I'm not blindly just taking this pill for no reason. I understand what it's trying to do in my body and what it's trying to help me do in terms of life and function. So I thought that was, you laid that out really well. You went deep enough to be informative, but not too deep where it got too confusing. So I think that was a really good part of this resource. So we go from pharmacological treatment to non-pharmacological treatment. Talk about some of those options as well in treatment in Parkinson's disease.
1: So this is my favorite part of treating Parkinson's. I don't have much to do with the drug part, but a huge part of treating Parkinson's can be therapy. So physical, occupational, and speech language pathology. So if you can't, if you have trouble walking or if you have trouble with your balance, you can get therapy to work on those things. And no, we can't fix Parkinson's, but we can help people live a lot fuller, more just a better part of their life, uh, a more quality of life when it comes yeah. to... to managing their Parkinson's disease. Really neat programs that have been put together. Uh, One is a rock steady boxing program. So these are gyms. They are specifically catering to people that have Parkinson's and their loved ones. And they put this whole boxing program together and they, they work really hard when they're there. So that's one program that's available. You can find those locally around wherever you live. And then there's also a really neat program that's called LSVT Big and LSVT Loud. So the big version is one for physical and occupational therapists. And then the loud version is the one for the speech language pathologists. Again, geared towards helping people have a better quality of life and be better able to move more normally, as well as speak and swallow more
0: normally. Yeah, you did a great job in this resource talking about some of these programs and a few other we didn't didn't even mention. Talking about what they were, how they help, and then, of course, everybody wants it when you're on the internet and you're on an article, the link to find that a little bit more information. Mm-hmm. And I loved how you included the specific types of possible programs that people might go through instead of just saying, well, physical therapy, occupational therapy. Those are professions. Those are not interventions. Those are not the things that you'll be doing. You'll be doing these types of things with a physical therapist, with an occupational therapist, with a speech language pathologist. So I love that you really outlined some of the formal programs that have been created for more information on them, as well as giving people the links and a little bit of an explanation. So you wrap things up there. Um, anything else you'd want to add about you know this patient population and and why you right, you were moved to write about this?
1: So I think in the time that I've been with Fox I've treated a lot of people who have had Parkinson's. And they're very confused and they're upset and they feel like they don't have the information that they need to manage this disease process. And I've always felt like that's really unfair. And the things that Parkinson's does to a human body and brain, again, very unfair. But I want people to know that there are ways to fight back, that you can still live a full life. And not have to rely so much on the people around you to just do the basic things. So giving people that independence level back, that's really important to me. And like you, I will go on the internet and I'll do some searches and there's a lot of bad information and misinformation out there. So I think it's important to me as well to have an article written where you can find good information backed up by research and the links to where you can go for other resources.
0: Well said. Yeah, fight that fight that misinformation, that disinformation with just plain old good information and research. And again, you can find this article that Beth was nice enough to put together, that resource at foxrehab.org under Fresh Fox Content. The title, again, A Clinician's Guide to Parkinson's Pathology and Treatment. Beth, tradition on the show here, the last thing we do is your foxtail. Why did you decide to work with older adults?
1: Oh, so when I was in the fourth grade, I was at my grandparents' house and I asked my grandmother for a piece of paper. She said, I went off and I made this list and it had three things on it. Doctor, nurse, and physical therapist. She said, I crossed out the first two and I circled physical therapist. And she said, you looked at me and you said, that's what I'm going to be one day. And Uh I am. And then the reason I work with older adults is uh, because of my grandfather. When I was actually in physical therapy school, he was not a healthy man and he started to experience a lot of falls. And he had five separate doctors, and all five of them said no, that he's too old to benefit from physical therapy. So one of the doctors happened to be a family friend, and I convinced him to write a physical therapy order. And imagine that he got better. And it it turned out that the reason he was having so many falls was because he had been prescribed three different blood pressure medications for high blood pressure. And it was the physical therapist that caught it and that just really speaks to me we can come in and really be the thing the person that gives somebody better strength better balance help them to lead more full independent lives and that's why i love what i do
0: yeah and better information right someone to pay attention in in your um, particular example it was the physical therapist working with your grandfather who was there to listen analyze and notice something and then say something that's that's just great clinical work all right beth appreciate you taking the time to write for us thanks for talking about it with us on the show today uh we appreciate what you do
1: thank you so much jimmy good to talk to you
0: thanks for listening to foxcast pt it's brought to you by fox rehabilitation Fox clinicians work hard, love their work, and get the respect they deserve. Sound good? Then you'll love the autonomy to work in your own style and the support you get to achieve excellence. Plus, freedom and flexibility to have a personal life. Whether it's your first day or you've been around for a while, your contribution is acknowledged and rewarded. That's what makes Fox a success. Happy, well-trained clinicians make great health care. Are you a fit for Fox? Find out now at foxrehab.org.